Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Big day. One week to the draft. Booger on the way. Who you got today? The list is going to be spectacular because it is Greeny's mock. For the first time in history, I'm actually doing it. Forget Mel, forget McShay. I got the mock. Plus, we got plenty of time for your calls, and the gang is all here. Let's do it. Here we go. Only one place to start. All right, the place to start is with my Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, and here's the deal. I'm hosting this thing a week from tonight. I know more about this draft than I've ever known about literally anything in my entire life. I know so few things in the big picture. Now, if you've been with me for years, then you know I don't know anything. I know a little sports, and that's about it. I don't, I don't have a whole lot of working knowledge of almost anything else. The level, the volume of study that I have put into being prepared to host this draft next week is unprecedented in my lifetime. I didn't work this hard in four years of college as I've worked in the six, uh, six weeks that I've been pairing uh, to host this draft. And, and we have been trying to find an outlet for that. So we've been doing this draft prep. But then finally I thought to myself, I'm just going to do a mock because I know these guys. I know these teams need. That's another piece of this that I sort of have at my advantage is the re- outstanding research and analytics departments at ESPN send me these packets of what all the teams needs and break it down very specifically. So I put together today my mock draft. This is how these first 10 picks of next week's NFL draft should go, which is to say this is how I would do it if I were making the picks. Hembo is here. Bubba's here. Nuno, Devin. Everybody feel free to jump in along the way. You ready to roll with this? Just to be clear, this is not what you think will happen. This is what you would do if you were the general manager of all 10 teams here. I have no earthly idea what will happen, and my job is just to follow it wherever it goes. The draft is the host of that night, and I am just trying to keep up as best I can. This is what would happen if I were making the picks. And a quick explanation before I start. I don't know whether or not I would take Zach Wilson at two in this draft. For sure, I would take Trevor Lawrence number one if I was Jacksonville. If I were the Jets, I don't know for certain that I would take Zach Wilson, but for me to change that would so fundamentally change everything else in this top 10 as to make the exercise completely meaningless. So I left the top two as they are going to go. Because once again, if I said, you know, I think Trey Lance is actually the best quarterback prospect in this draft behind Trevor Lawrence, so I would take him at two with the Jets. When we all know for certain that isn't going to happen, then everything else that follows is meaningless. So it didn't seem like there was any obvious reason to do it. So for the purposes of the exercise, I put Trevor Lawrence one and Zach Wilson two. Number three, the San Francisco 49ers have traded an enormous amount to move up to get the quarterback of the future. And for me, that has to be Trey Lance. Look, I have spoken to absolutely everyone leading up to this draft. And all I hear from all of them is the ceiling on Trey Lance is higher than it is on any of the other quarterbacks in this draft with the possible inclusion of Trevor Lawrence. There's just a raw talent that needs to be developed. Last time I heard that, and frankly, we didn't even hear that, but it reminds me a lot of the way people talked about Patrick Mahomes. And I think the skill set is similar. Now, Mahomes played in a big conference, but he didn't play at a traditional power. Whatever. I'm not trying to compare that situation to North Dakota State. I believe if Trey Lance had played a full season this year, he only played one game, not his fault. 
his conference didn't play. They created a one-game showcase for him. If he had played a full season this year, I believe he would be a lock to be the second pick in this draft. And you give him to Kyle Shanahan, and don't force him to play immediately. Let Jimmy Garoppolo stay there. You have recreated the Mahomes model. To me, it just makes all the sense in the world. That is my thinking behind Trey Lance at number three. Do you have any questions before I move on? No, that explanation makes sense to me. So we're on Lawrence, Wilson, Lance. Real quickly, though, you said, obviously, for the purposes of this exercise, one and two are the same. If you were the Jets at two, would you, you think you would have traded out of that pick beforehand? No, I wouldn't have. I've said that a million times, but it's, that's water under the bridge here. Clearly, I would not have. I would have traded the second pick. That's what I mean. Oh, sorry. Yes, I wouldn't be sitting there where they're sitting anyway, but that's, that would be me. There's no point in putting that into the mock. Next stop is number four. The Atlanta Falcons have the fourth pick in this draft. The value there is a quarterback. And they don't need one, and they're not going to take one. So I am projecting a trade. I am projecting the Denver Broncos will move up aggressively from 9 to 4 to take Justin Fields from Ohio State. When push comes to shove, maybe San Francisco is going to take Mac Jones. I don't think anyone else in the top 10 is in a race to take him. Justin Fields, I think they are. I think Denver will identify him as their quarterback of their future. Justin Fields has a chance to be an absolutely great player. I've watched practically every snap Fields has taken in his career. He's also an extraordinary leader. Last year, when it looked like the Big Ten wasn't going to play, do you remember what Justin Fields did? He started an online petition saying, let us play. It got 320,000 signatures. Last summer, at the height of the social justice movement, he was a leader in that capacity. Justin Fields is a natural-born leader. He loves the game. I don't know where this nonsense that he doesn't came from. And he has all the physical tools you could ever possibly imagine. Justin Fields, I am projecting to be the fourth pick in this draft, Denver trading up. Then you get to Cincinnati. Cincinnati, don't overthink this. I spent all day yesterday, and by the way, I'm so delighted with the reception this got on social yesterday when Hembo and I put together the essay on how you take the lineman over the receiver every time. It didn't feel very sexy to us. I didn't think it would get a lot of reaction. That went crazy (laughs) on social media yesterday. I couldn't be more thrilled. Anyway, the answer is take Penny Sewell. I don't care how much Joe Burrow loves Jamar Chase. If Joe Burrow can't hit Jamar Chase when he's lying flat on his back, take the tackle. Penny Sewell won the Outland Trophy when he was 19 years old. He didn't play last year. Don't let that make you forget how good he is. He is a generational prospect at the second most important position on your offense. Take Penny Sewell at number five. At number six, the Miami Dolphins are dancing in the streets. Like, they are, they are so excited if it all breaks down this way because it means Kyle Pitts falls to them. Kyle Pitts, the tight end who does more than practically any offensive weapon in this draft, in my scenario, falls to them at number six. That would be the home run to end all home runs. Don't tell me, well, they already have Mike Kosicki. Put Kyle Pitts on the field and put him anywhere you want. First of all, teams are playing two tight ends regularly. Second of all, if you define Kyle Pitts the same way you define Mike Kosicki, then you have never seen Kyle Pitts play. Kyle Pitts is an offensive weapon. Non-Perel, take him number six. Miami is delighted that he falls there. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Number seven, the Lions, I think, also are delighted by this scenario. The number one need that we have, as given to me by our research department, is a wide receiver, and they get the best one in this draft. When I say that you should always take the lineman over the receiver, it doesn't mean don't take the receiver. 
Jamar Chase won the Boletnikoff Award at the age of 19 in 2019. He had one of the great seasons that any receiver has ever had winning the championship at LSU. He was their number one. Justin Jefferson was number two. Jefferson just had the greatest rookie season in the history of the NFL. That's how good Jamar Chase is. So he goes seven to Detroit. Number eight, the primary need for the Carolina Panthers is offensive line. Don't overthink this. You've got Sam Darnold. He is your quarterback of the future. Draft the offensive lineman, Rashawn Slater. Offensive tackle can also play inside if you need him to from Northwestern. Put him out there. He's, he's going to be a starter on your team for 15 years. Don't overthink it. Rashawn Slater goes eight. Nine with Atlanta. I really struggled. I'm really not sure what direction to go. They need pass rushers. There isn't one to take there. So I just gave them the best defensive player in this draft, who is Micah Parsons. I can't believe where people aren't talking about him. It's as though we forgot about him completely. Or you let some of the -the off-the-field stuff. There are some questions about off-the-field things. But Micah Parsons, just put on the tape, Micah Parsons is the best defensive player in this draft. I don't think it's particularly close. The linebacker from Penn State who opted out last year, so I put him at 9. And then the Cowboys at 10, they need a corner. Everyone is putting Patrick Sertan there. But my buddy Ryan Clark yesterday on Get Up said he thinks J.C. Horn by a, by a nose, by a hair, is better. I listen to Ryan Clark when it comes to defensive back. So if he says that, I follow. I take J.C. Horn at number 10 for the Cowboys. So that is my top 10 of my mock draft today. Again, I've never done it before, but I've never known as much about this stuff as I do now. I take Lawrence 1, Zach Wilson 2, Trey Lance goes 3 to the 49ers, Denver trades up to take Justin Fields at 4, Penny Sewell goes 5 to the Bengals, 6, the Dolphins get Kyle Pitts and they dance in the streets, same in Detroit at 7, they get Jamar Chase, Carolina takes the lineman Rashawn Slater at 8, Micah Parsons goes 9 to the Falcons, although that one is my least certain, and the Cowboys take the corner, J.C. Horn. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's home quote explorer is changing the way you buy home insurance. Now you can go online, get a custom quote, save both time and money. Learn more at Progressive.com. We'll see what Booger thinks of it as he joins us next, and the hashtag crew gets their questions as well. We're just getting started. Glad you're here. I'm Greeny on ESPN Radio. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like For the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. Oh, yeah. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance, the one, the only, Booger McFarland, live in 30 seconds on the Goodyear hotline as we are one week and counting to the NFL draft. We're getting set to head to Cleveland and looking forward to it more than I can put into words. Again, he's 30 seconds away. I'll spend those 30 seconds reminding you that with this Mother's Day on the way, lock in your place as the golden child by ordering mom's bouquet early from 1-800-Flowers.com, where right now you can get 36 sorbet roses for just $36. It's a beautiful mix of pastel shades, pink, orange, lavender. Show all the moms in your life how much you love them. Order today. From the official florist of Mother's Day, 1-800-Flowers.com. For the special offer, go to 1-800-Flowers.com. Click on the radio icon. Enter the code GREENY. That's 1-800-Flowers.com. Enter GREENY. But hurry, the offer expires tomorrow. And again, here he is, the one, the only, Booger McFarland on ESPN Radio. Hello again, Boog. Greeny, what's up, buddy? How we doing? Well, I mean, we're doing fine. It's been like all of like nine minutes since I spoke to you. So so let me let me jump in. <laughs> Let me jump in on on the big thing at the beginning of this draft, and and I just you know sort of ran through the mock draft that I did on TV this morning as well. And, and look, here's the way I view the way this thing is going to get shaped at the very beginning. It's going to get shaped at three, and all signs continue to point to Mac Jones. And I can't sit here and say that I I think that's a terrible idea for San Francisco. They might win the Super Bowl with Mac Jones in the next two years, and if so, then who can possibly say it was the wrong thing to do? But if I'm trading up to take a quarterback number three in the NFL draft, I'm taking the guy who everyone I talk to tells me has the highest ceiling maybe of any of the players in this draft, at least at that position. A guy who, if you bring him along correctly, you could be looking at a Mahomes-esque kind of situation when you factor in the physical ability, the mental stuff, the, the, the leadership. I mean, people rave about him. So we know he's not ready to go yet. But I'm not doing that to take the most ready guy. I'm doing it to take the guy who's going to be the best quarterback in three years, and I think that's going to be Trey Lance. What do you think? Well, Green, I think you make a good point, and I'll even add to it and try to make your point even better. I'm not going to get John Stockton. I'm going to get Steph Curry. Okay, both of them play the point guard position, but, man, do they do it in different ways. Do they do it with a certain gravitas, with a certain star power, with a certain – I'm going to, and I can win because of Steph Curry, because he uh, stands on his horse and drops 50 points for you. Okay, I'm not going to get the guy that's going to drop 17 assists. That's all well and good. I want the guy that can be a star and put points on the board. And I think when you look at Mac Jones, Greeny, I think the thing, and you and I continue to discuss this, the thing that makes it so hard for us to wrap our brains around Mac Jones is the fact that he's going to be the ultimate game manager if he goes there. If Kyle Shanahan calls a play and the defense sniffs it out and now the quarterback has to make the coach right, we don't think that Matt can do that where we know that Trey Lance and Justin Fields have that athletic ability and those second reaction skills, the ability to do that, and that's the toughest part. I'll go on record again on your radio show. If it were me making the pick, I'm going with Justin Fields over Trey Lance because I know a little bit more about him based on the competition he's going against. I know how tough he is. 
He's he's a little bigger, maybe a little faster, running a four four. So I'm going with the guy that has the potential to be the ultimate wild player, and I think that's Justin Fields. I think that's great. And, and look, at the end of the day, I'll make it clear: none of these guys is falling. We talked about it on TV earlier today. I mean, if you wind up going ninth in the draft, you haven't really fallen. That's by by the normal standards of the NFL draft. This is just such a crazy year for the NFL draft and and maybe the signaling of a crazy time where quarterbacks are just so disproportionately valuable. Maybe this will actually be the beginning of things to come. Bug, let me go to a couple of other things that are a little off the beaten path because people have been hearing us talk about everyone talk about the quarterbacks and everything forever. You play defensive tackle. The defensive tackle from Alabama, Christian Barmore, is a player who at the beginning of this draft process, I heard people talk about going late first, early second. All of a sudden, I'm hearing people talk about him creeping up to, to, to someone who might go, you know, top 10, 12 kind of picks in this draft. How good is he? I think he's a good player, but your expectations have to match the player that you're getting when you, when you do draft him. Here's what I mean by that. If you're drafting him thinking, man, we got the second coming of Aaron Donald, a guy that's going to be a one-gap penetrator, get up the field, make plays in the backfield, get you 12 to 15 sacks, then your expectations are going to be grossly, grossly undervalued. But if you're drafting him as a disruptor, somebody that can, that, that can be dominant in the running game and get you that push up the middle a la an Indama Kansu, okay, very good player, has had a, a really, really good career, has been dominant at times, has been all pro, has been pro bowl, but he's not Aaron Donald. He's a different type player. So I think Barmore is going to be more like Ndamukong Sue than an Aaron Donald. And if that's your expectations, then you draft him and take him. It's no different. Than we look at him and we judge his career uh, in respect to where he was drafted number one overall. And people say, man, Clowney has been a bust. Clowney has been a failure. No, he's not. Clowney's been one of the most disruptive defensive linemen ever. But because of the expectations when you draft a defensive lineman number one overall, you're expecting J.J. Watt-type production, defensive player of the year, 12 to 15 sacks a year. That's not the type of player that Clowney is. So the expectations relative to where you pick the player have to match. Otherwise, you're going to be grossly, grossly uh, underwhelmed when you do take that player. Booger McFarlane with me here on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. In the meantime, I want to have a little fun with you, Boog, because we've sitting here, we're breaking down this draft like crazy left and right. Everybody likes it. But, you know, you and I, going back to the old days on the old show, we've been known to have our share of fun. So I want to ask you an entirely unrelated question. I brought up this premise the other day. The Los Angeles Dodgers, I'll use them as an example, because I believe they are the most dominant team in any sport right now. They're so good. They're so much better good than anyone else in their sport is that I believe that I could play for them every single day and we would still win the World Series. What is your perspective as one who yourself has has challenged Gary Player on the air <laughs> to a round of golf and, and, and said you would beat him and meant it? I mean, I was sitting right next to you. You didn't say that for fun. You meant it that you believed you could beat Gary Player. Do you think I could play every day for the Los Angeles Dodgers and they could overcome me and still win the World Series? Well, I'm going to answer your question directly and say, hell no, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, I'm going to go – and, and, and I'm going to just bring up Himbo because I hear him laugh in the background. How dare you laugh at my ability to play golf, Himbo? That's a whole other conversation. Now, Greeny, getting to you, here's what I'll say. 
Yeah. Okay. You're also the man, and I play golf with you. We, we've done a lot of things together. But there's one thing that sticks out in my mind about you and just your ability to adapt. And this may have no correlation whatsoever, but it's funny, so I'm going to bring it up. You once asked me whether or not watermelons grew on trees. And so as, as a person who asked me whether or not watermelons grew on trees, I'm thinking, okay, here's a guy that has obviously never been outside of the concrete jungle known as the city. So from an athletic ability standpoint, you've never been able to probably run or use said athletic ability. Now, I'll bring all that back to the baseball form, and I say this, Green, you can do a lot of things, okay? You're probably top five smartest people I know in my life. But from an athletic ability standpoint, you playing any sport that would remotely require you getting in shape and being an athlete, you cannot do, my friend. You cannot. Not only can you not do, I don't even want you to waste your time or waste <laughs> Stacy's time or waste <laughs> Michael's time or Nikki's time thinking about it, okay? Please don't. Here, here's, here's the thing. I, I have to respond to a few of those. First of all, what percentage of people in the world do you think know that watermelons don't grow on trees? I mean, I don't know that that's such a terrible thing not to know. Where do that's they grow? Terrible, Greeny. Where does a watermelon grow? It grows on a vine on the ground. Watermelons sometimes weigh 20 and 30 pounds. Have you ever seen anything that weighs 20 or 30 pounds hanging from a tree? Just answer me that. Well, I mean, there are some strong trees out there, you know? I mean, you play a golf course, you see these trees that have been out there 100 years. I think I could, I could, I, I, I think that they could support a watermelon, yes. Yeah. So I, I do not think it is so preposterous that I didn't. How about cantaloupes, honeydews? Also, not on trees? All melon? Cantaloupes are honeydews. They're a little bit smaller than watermelons. Cantaloupes on the ground, honeydews. I do think honeydews. I don't think I've ever eaten one. I do think they grow on trees, Green. I'm not sure. You've never eaten a honeydew? No, I'm not a honeydew guy. If I'm going to go the melon route, I'm going watermelon and not honeydew melon, okay? Well, I I mean, when we're in Cleveland next week, I'm making it a point to get you some honeydew. A honeydew melon is a delight, by the way. It is very sweet. I like it better than the cantaloupe, but let's not get sidetracked by that. Now let's talk about the other piece of this. If on the 85 Bears, they had put me out at wide receiver, like Willie Galt is on one side and I'm on the other side, just outside the hashes, they could ignore me if they want to. Their defense was so unbelievably dominant and they had Walter Payton and could do any number of other things. Could we have still won the Super Bowl? Uh, you could be out there for a play or two, Greeny. But no, here's the whole what I season. know about you. Whole season. Okay. Whole season. No, 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 Greeny. First of all, Greeny, sticks and stones can break your bones, but that's for most people. Sometimes words hurt you, Greeny. So if words <laughs> will hurt you, imagine what a football player will actually do to you. Because I, 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 like, I've seen you. I've seen you totally flustered by words. So imagine what would happen if a linebacker came out there and just hit you in the chest and be like, hey, I'll be right back next play, little fella. What are you going to do? <laughs> well, I mean, I'd like, I'd like to think that I, I would use my quickness to avoid the hit in the first place. I know I'm what not involved quickness? in the play, so all I need to do is run out of bounds and I'll be safe. Okay, this is a, such nonsense. Let me get quickly back to one other thing. Because when I said that you once challenged Gary Player to golf, I, I wasn't kidding. I remember that vividly. And then we called Gary Player and we got him on and he said, and I quote, Booga, I have seen your swing and it looks like a cow giving birth to a roll of barbed wire. I remember that (laughs) vividly. So Hembo has has prepared a question for you. Go ahead, Hembo. So Booga, the fastest marathon runner in the world runs it in a tick over two hours. Okay. So my question for you is how many miles would I need to spot you in order for you to beat him 
in a marathon? So a marathon is 26 miles or thereabouts. So right. I somewhere in the neighborhood of about five to seven. If you spotted me five to seven miles, I feel like I could beat him. Are you See, kidding? I'm, t- I'm telling you, he's crazy. But Booger, you're telling me you can run 20 miles in two hours? There is no way. I mean, him though. It's not. It's, listen, you just have to have a steady place, pace. I don't have to be a rabbit. I can be the. I can be the tortoise. Nice and steady, baby. Smooth. I'll eventually get there. What's the fastest you can run on one mile right now? Oh, I, as a big man, I don't. I don't claim to have ever done this a lot. But the fastest I can remember uh, was in junior high, and I think I did it in like six fifty-five. You're gonna have to eight something like gonna, that. You're going to have to run 20 miles at a six-minute pace for two hours to pull <laughs> yeah. that off. See, this is the thing about Booker. And this is how he got to the NFL, <laughs> is that he has this extraordinary confidence. Like, he doesn't think there's anything he can't do. There's no, you would have to spot Booker. I'm going to say right now you'd have to spot him 16 of the 26 That's miles. That's closer. In order are for, you kidding me, Michael? Greedy, are you serious? I am dead serious. Greedy, 16. Listen, Greedy. Okay, watch this. Not only, not only do I only need probably not – maybe – Maybe eight miles. I'll, I'll give or take another mile. I'll, I'll take one more. I'll take the eight miles, but I will beat you and him both by four miles on top of winning the bet also. See, this is how he is. He's unbelievable. And, and he had one prepared for me. Listen to this one, Bug. So, Greeny, if you played Rafael Nadal on clay, you were a very good tennis player as a oh, young yes, man. Oh, yes, I was. Not? If you played Rafael Nadal on clay, would you win one point in that match? I would win a point, and here's why. Because he beat me so easily that I feel at some point he'd lose interest in what was going on, <laughs> and he might double fault. If the question is, would I actually win a rally? Would I actually be able Correct. to defeat him mm-hmm. in any? The answer is definitively no. You would never hit a ball that he could and, not return. No, because, and that's a one-on-one sport. See, I could win with the, with, the, with the Warriors. I could win with the Bears. I could win with the Dodgers because they could carry me. Me against him one-on-one, I would have no <laughs> chance. I mean, literally no chance. Booger, your thoughts? As someone who doesn't like barbecue sauce on their fingers, yeah. could you imagine him bowl green with clay in his shoes oh, and clay yeah. on his oh. legs? Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's why I don't play there. That's crazy. Booger. And this, by the way, was Gary Player saying booger. 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 Anyway, all right, I, I want to finish it, though, with something fun and nice. Because anyone who knows this show and knows Booger, and we're going back to the old days and the old show, you know, Booger and I have been friends a very long time, and I would like to have a nice story. Just going to sit back and have a little story time. Tell me a story. You know, because as I think about hosting this draft, Booger, it occurs to me that two different things are going on at the same time. And most of the fans are interested in the first one, which is basically the fate of all 32 teams in professional football being decided in, in one weekend. And that's enormous, of course. And that's what most of the fans are interested in. But simultaneously, on that Thursday night, for example, the wildest dreams of 32 people and their families are going to come true right in front of us. And their lives are going to be changed forever. And so I would ask you, going back, and I know where you grew up, and I know, I know your life story a little bit, but most of the people in the audience may not. How would you describe the way being a first-round pick, that moment when you got drafted in the first round, the way your life changed forever? Emotional. You know, Greeny, I, I, I was in Winsboro, Louisiana on draft day, and this was during the time where the draft started at 11 a.m. Uh, I chose not to go to New York because I wanted to be around the people who helped me uh, get to where I was at the point in my life. And so we had a huge barbecue. There was barbecue sauce flying everywhere. There was an 80-inch TV in the backyard. Uh, I had probably 150 people over. And there's two things that stand out about that day. 
one was the fact that I had a prepaid cell phone that I kept checking to make sure I had minutes on. And the second greeting is when the phone rang, um, I looked at my mom's face. And as a parent, I think everyone will be able to remember and, 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 and know this feeling. When you see fulfillment, you see satisfaction, you see emotion, you see happiness, and you see joy as a parent because your child is achieving and doing something that they've set out to do. And that's what I saw in my mom's face. And so when the phone rang and, you know, I'm talking to Rich McKay and Tony Dungy and, and Rob Marinelli, my defensive line coach, you know, my mother's crying and, and, and she makes me cry. And I'm, I'm crying out of joy just because I know what that moment was going to mean for me to be able to do some of the things that uh, I know my mother needed. I know that I wanted, my family needed. So it, it, it's a satisfaction greeting of being able to do things for the people, the most important person in my life uh, at the time that I loved and to try to pay back or try to just, just do something for her because she had got me to a point in my life as a single parent raising three kids on about $18,000 a year that's tough as hell, man. And for her to get me to that point, uh, I, I owed her everything. And so it was just an emotional moment for me. And that's the thing that's going to happen on Thursday night. Like, we're going to debate Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and should the Cowboys take a corner. But let's not forget. And let's make sure you and I don't forget mm-hmm. and find time to realize that lives are changing. And it, it's, it's one of the greatest reality moments that we see on TV and on any channel all year, because you're going to see real life change and real emotion, not manufactured. And it, it, it's, it's a story behind every one of them. And I just appreciate the story, man. And uh, it gives me chills even thinking, thinking back to that day, man, it's been, I mean, that was 1999 of, of late April. So that's almost what, 22 years ago, man. And it still seems like it was yesterday, Greeny. It's a great story. I, I've, I've, I'm aware of it, but I, I knew everyone else would appreciate hearing it. Booger, I love you, big fella. I will see you next week. Now, now the, the big question is, it's supposed to be 70-something degrees Wednesday in Cleveland. Are we or are we not bringing golf clubs? You agree? We don't have to bring them. There's this thing called ship sticks, so technically I'm not bringing them. <laughs> that's not, that's not what I meant. Uh, so if, if you just want to leave it at that. That was my way of saying, are we or are we not playing? Hey, listen. So somebody tells me, Greeny, we have a production meeting somewhere. So as long as work doesn't get in the way, you and I will be on somebody's golf course. Yeah, we could have a production meeting on a fairway somewhere as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Thank you, big fella. I'll see you next week. Later, buddy. All right. That's the great Booger McFarland with me here. I-, I wanted him to tell that story because I know his history. I know his, um, his life story, and not everyone does. And not everyone, obviously everyone's life story is different. All these different players that you're going to see get drafted over the next course of the next, you know, week to 10 days, they all come from entirely different backgrounds and, and they're all, their stories are all completely different. But many of them are like that. Many of them are like that. And the way their lives change in that moment, that's something that I, I will be cognizant of as I host this next week. And I know that the fans, look, I'm a fan. I, I'm most interested in how this is affecting my team, that team, the other team, all that kind of stuff. And that will be our primary focus. But I think it is important not to lose sight of the fact that that's what we're seeing. We're seeing the wildest dreams of 32 people coming true directly in front of your eyes. Uh, all right, coming up, we have a lot to do today. We'll still do uh, who you got. We've got a perfect example of why you ignore what they say and just watch what they do. All that and a whole lot more on the way after this from Straight Talk Wireless. Here's some straight talk. Saving money feels good. But cutting your wireless bill in half 
That feels really good, like walk-off home run in the ninth inning good. With Straight Talk Wireless, you can get 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month. That's up to 50% less than the other guys, plus no contract, all on America's best networks. Why pay a whole lot when you can pay half? Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. ESPN Radio. Brainstorm. What is something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning? Noise-canceling headphones? Meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to all other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort. Thanks to Shopify magic, your AI powered all-star Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U S and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklyn and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash greenie all lowercase go to shopify.com slash greenie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash greenie this show is sponsored by better help we all carry around different stressors i do you do we all do big small and when we keep them bottled up as i sometimes have had happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greenie today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greenie, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greenie, the podcast. I am Greeny, and baseball is back. Your favorite teams and players on the field, and you can catch the best of the bigs all season on ESPN+. Plus. With over 170 live games featuring every star and every team in the league, sign up now at ESPNplus.com slash baseball. We're going to get to some baseball with the green light in a minute, but first... I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? A lesson that I learned somewhat early in this business, and I wish I could remember who was the first person that said it to me, because I'd like to give them credit, but it was someone in Chicago. And I was a young reporter, and like many other young reporters, I would hang on the things that people said. People I was covering, whether it was the Bears or the Bulls, which are the two primary teams that I covered in Chicago, or even when I dabbled in the little bit of baseball that I would cover in the summer, someones I, 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 I struggled to remember who it was that said something. But whatever it was, 
They said something and I made a big deal of it. I went on the air and I made a big deal. He just said this. And the lesson that I learned from that is a very simple one. In sports, ignore what they say. Just watch what they do. What they do speaks much, much louder than what they say. And there may never have been a better example of that than Howie Roseman, the general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles, saying his team might just draft a quarterback at number 12 in this draft because nothing is off the table. You know, like we talked about when we had our our last uh, media opportunity, we're going to evaluate every player and nothing is off the table. That's literally the same thing as saying nothing. He could have literally said nothing. He could have said, I plead the fifth. I'm not responding to that. He could have said no comment and you would have gotten just as much information out of it. Look at what they've done. Pay no attention to what they've said. Just look at what they've done. They had the sixth pick in this draft. They traded out of it. They had the opportunity to be right in the mix for one of these quarterbacks. They traded out of it. The next thing they do to address the quarterback position will be if they trade back up again, which obviously I'm being somewhat facetious because we all know that's not going to happen. That would be the next meaningful way they could give you some indication of what he's saying. Right now, taking a quarterback is off the table, okay? Off. Off the table. Nothing is off the table? Yes, it is. You had the sixth pick in the draft, you traded back to 12. Now, I don't know what the hell is going on in Philadelphia, to be completely honest with you, but this reeks of a place where the owner has far too much influence over what is going on. Because let me just go back over the course of events that have taken place in the last few months. You had Carson Wentz who you gave all this money to and, and, and who clearly was going to be the future of your franchise. And he got into it and didn't see eye to eye with the coach, Doug Peterson. Well, you fired Doug Peterson three years removed from winning the Super Bowl because you needed to fix everything with Carson Wentz. And you went out and you hired Frank Reich Jr. and Nick Sirianni, who wasn't on anyone else's list of being a head coach, specifically so we could come and work with Carson Wentz. And then you traded Carson Wentz to Indianapolis. And then... You decided to trade out of the sixth spot in this draft, despite not having a proven commodity at quarterback on your roster beyond Joe Flacco, who is obviously well past his best days. He clearly isn't the future of your franchise. Jalen Hurts has shown you some signals, but there's no way in the world anyone in their right mind says, well, we're set at quarterback for a decade now in Philly, the way you were a year ago when you had Carson Wentz. So now you trade out of that spot to hand the ball to to Hurts and there's absolutely no safety net so to me when you see a team that does all these things that do not seem to fit together that don't seem to have anything to do with each other that suggests to me that there are decisions being made by people who don't live it every minute of every day that there's not one plan that is being followed whether it's roseman or anybody else that they didn't sit down sketch out this is the exact blueprint for our franchise but you're actually kind of reacting to situations as they come and go. Like, what is that game, whack-a-mole, where like the little thing pops up and you hit it with a hammer? That's what they're doing. They're just whack-a-moling their way through this offseason. And I think it's been a disaster. Now, they could save it all because the kid might wind up being really good, Jalen Hurts. But to circle it all the way back to the very beginning, the notion that everything is on the table is just patently ridiculous and it is best left completely ignored. 
Green Light with Greeny. All right, I'm going to give the green light to Hembo here because you were talking a couple of minutes ago about the struggles of the New York Yankees, and you made this morning, as you and I were talking, a fascinating comparison to an NFL team. I'm going to give you the green light to share that. The Yankees, Greeny, remind me of the Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens. That's right. Neither team can win when playing from behind. Here's what I mean. So the Yankees own the worst run differential in all of baseball in the first four innings of the game. They're batting 177 as a team, the first time through the order. In other words, they're starting games very slowly, and they're obviously not coming back and winning games. They're 6-11 and 11 now. They're the worst team in the American League. They can't come back. They can't play from behind. They, can't, they can only win one way, and they have to imp- impose their will early in a game in order to do so, much like the Baltimore Ravens who run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and if they get behind by, you know, say, more than one score, it's very difficult for them to come back because everyone knows exactly what they're doing. Everyone knows exactly how they can come back and win. So what, they don't, what, the Yankee, what happens to the Yankees is they don't see pitches in the middle of the plate where they can extend their arms and hit the ball out of the ballpark. What happens to the Ravens is you see teams disguise their defenses in such a way that they can't throw the ball easily. I think it's the best comparison to make right now with what I'm seeing from the Yankees because it's a stagnant offense and when you're watching it happen every single day it's so obvious what their problem is and yet they still can't fix it. Yeah, I think the point is they can only win one way. They are constructed to win one way in the same way that the Ravens are. Mm. And the really great teams, as a rule, the championship teams are the teams that can walk out on there and say, how do you want to play today? However you want to play today, we'll beat you. I mean, Jordan used to do that mm. all the time. However you guys want to play today, we'll beat you playing that way. Because if they can take you out of the one thing you want to do or the only thing you can do, you become vulnerable. So I like the comparison. Who you got much more in our second hour? Stay with me. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.